Yo guys, Charlie, what happened? Welcome to the F More Let's Divide podcast. Charlie, um, yeah, another week means another episode, and I'm here with my co-host Fred. What did happen? What's good, G? Charlie. As he said today, they Michael Jackson mode. Yeah, Charlie. I, I just Charlie, you know, say I, I just enter away. I know say I make late. I know say when I'm gonna guest here, it no go make late. So Charlie. She was on point. Yeah, she was on shout point. Shout out. You know, shout, shout, shout. Shout Fred. How far? Today, I'm going to leave you to do the honors yeah, to introduce yeah, yeah, yeah. our guest. Yeah. So, over to you, Jolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, this woman, um, my first encounter with who she was when I first moved to Ghana has been nothing but inspirational. Um, I walked into a shop one day and I literally did not believe that it belonged to Sorry, I'm not trying to be a, a dickhead or anything, but I didn't believe it was a Ghanaian shop. That was my first encounter and experience. Her work is amazing. Um, then I started doing some research about her, some digging up of information. She's my favorite designer in, in the space. Um, but she's more than that. She's a lot more. We're going to find out a lot more about her. Her name rings a bell. I'm trying to rhyme here. <laughs> rings a bell. Yeah. Miss, let's welcome to the set. I don't want to talk child, but Miss Alima Bello, Bello. In, priv- in, 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 in public facing, but she's Mrs. Boating. Yeah, shout out. So please, shout. she's off the, off the market, but Mrs. Boating, Alima Bello, popularly known, designer. Give it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alima. <laughs> shout, 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 shout. I mean, Fred, I actually thought you 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 knew her way before. I did not. Actually. That means I've known her longer than of you. Of course, of course. You've known wow. everybody longer than me. Yeah. Oh wow. Alima. Uh, I was Charlie. privileged to know her a long it's, time ago. It's know. an honor to have you here. Um Fred was like, Child, we need to have Alima, you know, on here. And I'm like, Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so Charlie, thanks for coming. Thank you for having How me. How far? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? We are trying. We, we are, are surviving. I need water. I need water. <laughs> we are surviving. Running water or yep. water to drink? What was the name of that place? The people who are in control of the water? Ghana water. Ghana water. Ghana water, uh-huh. mm. Ghana water people. Why? Call them. Yeah. yeah. I used to have all their numbers when I first moved. Mm. Then I see nothing here. Yeah. yeah. They will torture Cha- you. Alima, um, catch the chase, right? Hey, How has... This is a bit aggressive. You no. just want to cut to the chase. Yeah. Okay, let's cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> How how has Holy Child shaped you? Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. We'll get into it today. Holy Child. I knew Holy it. Child. I knew it. Oh. <laughs> um let's let's say this. It was a very traumatic experience for me. I will not lie. My mm. whole three years. When I say it, people think, oh, maybe it was just the first year. But it was my whole three years. It was wow. very traumatic. It was a complete opposite of what I knew. And um I think I'm just grateful I made some really good, like, solid friendships. Um, to say, what does it shape me? It actually helped me to know who I was mm. and quickly step into that role. Because mm. before Holy Child, I was, I was always my mom's firstborn child, my parents' firstborn oh, child. Wow. I was raised in a very conservative, you know, fanti home. You, you speak when spoken to, sort of. Yeah. You're a firstborn, so mm. your siblings are looking up to you. Mm. The your pressure. Fe- your feelings don't matter, yeah. sort of thing. Like, you're there to protect your siblings. And I realized when I went to Holy Child, they had a rule. Obey before complain. Mm. 
Mm. I had never heard of it in my life. The school that I went to, we were allowed to express ourselves. But then whenever you would express yourself in Holy Child, you, mm. was, you were described as rude. So quickly, I had to find ways to survive. Like, when, like you know, the school bell goes off. Mm. I didn't have to figure out which, which way am I going to walk? <laughs> 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 which body senior, house, uh, which body senior house, am I avoiding? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So it was stressful. Yeah. I used to write letters home. And my sister to date still laughs at me. I used to write letters home every week asking my dad to come and pick me up and take me away. And Asha said, my sister said, they would discuss my letters at dinner time. And my mother would be furious. It's like, how dare she? You've been taken to a nice Catholic school. You know, just do the best that you can. So my father drove to Cape Coast one day and said, stop writing those letters. You're not coming home. Wow, yeah. traumatic. That's how bad it was. From, from one to from three, I didn't enjoy it. But then there were certain lessons that I picked. Obviously, you pick from... They had this thing that you would say, don't, don't let the school pass through. Don't no, pass, don't through, pass the through the school. Let yeah. the school pass through you. Okay. So there were vital things that I learned. But then... Back then, I didn't enjoy it, to be honest. Yeah, I think the boarding house experience as we had it is overrated. It is. Yeah. It is uh, but I, I just saw you your, You guys were doing something. You yes. were all in all red. Yes, so our year group. Okay. Um, next year will be 25 years since we graduated. Okay. And we ha- there's a tr- school tradition. 25 years after graduation, you host a speech day mm. and then you do a project for the school. You get no, back. Okay, okay. Oh, so we're mates? Yeah, yeah. I finished in 99. Oh, I thought I was older. Yeah. For, uh, for the longest time, I thought I was older for some reason. I'm sorry. Uh, I, just, I just look good. <laughs> 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 so it's you guys' turn to host, host the speech day, day next and, year. Okay. And then okay. we have a solar project. So okay. we're working on a solar project to, for the school. And we have to raise funds. And we went red because our year, each year group was given a specific color. Mm-hmm. Our colors were red and brown. So um, we decided to just show out in the colors that we were known for. That's why most of us were in red okay. on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe you guys can donate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, Fred. Fred, Fred. <laughs> I mean, I, this one I can't duck because my ties to Holy Child... If I duck, it will be suspect. Yeah. So, so you count me in. Yeah. So Alima, um, you 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 made mention of some friends. You you yeah. said some friends kept you sane. You know, yeah, they yeah. they actually made you enjoy your time in Holy Child to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Are you still in contact with some of those friends? Yes, we're still friends. Mm. We're still friends. Solid friendships. We're still very good. Friends. And if you look back at you guys now and you compare it to then. The developments, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm guessing, holy child, you guys had short hair, mm-hmm. you know, you guys were imagining having a family one day, but now you are there. Do you guys sit and talk about back then and compare it to now, like how far you, you guys have come? Oh, yes. My best friend and I were just talking about that this weekend. And she and I had this saying, like, oh, in 2020, she was like, oh, it looked so dim. We honestly thought we were going to live together as like old ladies, mm. <laughs> you know, probably traveled the world. Yeah. Um, I guess looking back, my experience in Holy Child at that time, I don't think I was, I was even concerned about getting married and having children, mm. or even concerned about my career path. It was just one hurdle to cross, yeah. in my opinion. Personally, I'm not speaking for everybody else. Because for me, like I said, I was a firstborn child. There were certain expectations. My father had a factory in Kumase. So from day one, it was, you're going to school, you're going to Holy Child, you're going to learn, you're going to do business management. And then go to university and 
continue with that and afterwards you're coming to work for the factory mm. so i feel like my life was there was no room for me to actually have a dream of my own i was told what i was going to do um like i said i probably started forming my own opinions and i had to learn how to survive like you know dodging seniors and dodging teachers yeah. that's when i started forming my own opinion and then later on maybe university even in university if you ask me if i thought i was going to end up in my career now i didn't think so yeah. it was still mm. following my father's yeah. path that he had charted what was the factory about what were they doing um processing oil seeds so um soya bean palm kernel oh. um copra and then there was a refinery that was also refining the soya bean is it still it's still there still fresh okay now, so. i mean back then right mm -hmm. from our time in secondary school um i always say we all didn't know how we we're going to turn up we all didn't have enough mm -hmm. enough you know or, or op or options yeah. you know because there was no internet mm. we weren't reading if if you, if if you would read it, it has to be from a book and charlie you know these books like textbooks they are school books the normal thing we weren't exposed mm -hmm. that much so chai for me like like i didn't know i was just i was just going because i had to go you know but i think um kids of today like like at a very very young age even even in in in, in a, 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 like high school and elementary they can decide oh i want to and and you know we have these um these dance god lloyd like he, mm -hmm. um, he has these young girls who are like in high school and and they are doing dope yeah. stuff yeah there's more diversity i guess yeah. in terms of the options that you're exposed to yeah when we're growing up because of the restricted nature of what we had access to yeah you are being directed in the career paths of accountant yeah lawyer. yeah the norm yeah the norm, norm the so norm there, there wasn't other the options yeah. Yeah. um do you still have tokyo around yes oh wow how old now tokyo is 11 or 12 what year are we in 23 2023 so he's 11 oh wow yeah he's in my sister's house oh wow at the moment i had I had some health issues so mm. my sister had to take him and he's been mm. there for a month and every time I go there, my nephew's like, are you coming for Tokyo today? I'm like, why is he a nuisance? They're like, no, we don't want him to go. Yeah. Oh, wow. For, for, for those who don't know Tokyo, Tokyo is a dog. <laughs> Tokyo is a Dutch hound, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tokyo is a dog. It, it's, um, are dogs your favorite, you know, yes. animals? We grew up with dogs. My father, um, my father loves animals. Um, when we were children, at some point, we had about 10, 10 dogs. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of breeds. We've had like you know boxers. We've had uh, <laughs> all kinds, um, Alsatians, Dobermans, um, Rhodesian Ridgebacks. My father loves animals. We even had a, um, a pet baboon mm. at one point called JB, y and we had parrots. Your your father dealt with exotic animals, right? Yes, yes. He was sell sell selling them. Yes. Yeah, yes, and I, I know know that too. You know? Yeah. How do you know? Oh, no, I mean. <laughs> 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 He did, and he has yeah. wild stories to share. Yeah. So if you ever, if you ever encounter him, you can ask him I, about I, it. I, I, I really want to. You want yeah, to? Yeah, but oh. back then he was he was going to the states to 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 bring in animals the, and no, to, 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 to sell animals to take them. So yeah. the states, Russia, Mexico. Wow. He had a client in um, Miami who had a um, a private zoo. Look, he had an apartment in Equatorial Guinea where he was getting chimps. Wow. And he told me the story about he went to Moscow once and then they had to quarantine um, some of his chimps. So he had to stay at a hotel close to the airport. 
and literally walked to the airport every day to feed the chimps. And then he realized by the second day there was KGB following him because they were like, who's this who's black this man who's Wait, just walking to the yeah, airport? Yeah. All no, the no, time. He, he's got interest. My father's got interesting I, I stories. I, I, I can Interesting tell. stories. That's one of the things we want to get into yeah. personally. I, w- I had some questions, but we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. What's, what's still on your father? Still okay. on your father. What's the link or what's the relationship between your father and the ex-president, Jerry John Rollins? No relation. No relationship. No. Um, so... He, um, he didn't know him. He didn't know him. No. Was, was your father, you know, jailed once? Yeah. By him? Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s. I was in... I think I was in class... Class 2 mm. or class 1. I really don't remember the specifics, but they, they share the story about how an armored vehicle came to our house in Kumase to pick him up. And I was, you know, peeking through the windows to look mm. at. So um, the little I know about that case is it was in the late 80s. I think there was an embargo on wildlife or oh. parrots. And according to, my father wouldn't say Rollins arrested him. He says um, Christy Butcher was the one responsible for it. Um, he says there was an embargo. And then, um, so he and his colleagues who were in the business yeah. of importing the African grey parrot. Um, there was just some allegation that they had gone above the embargo. So a couple of them were arrested. Mm. And then he tells the stories like he didn't even dawn on him until after his sentencing. And they were taking him in the, you know, the police yeah. <coughs> car. And when he sat down and then the prison officer said, looked at him, pointed a gun at him and said, if you make any funny moves, we're just going to shoot you. So that's when it actually dawned on him. Like wow. he, was, he was going to jail. And I think my father came back when I was in class three. Because when he came back, I remember very well when he came back, <clears throat> I was doing homework and I was opening the dictionary to look for the meaning of the word. And I, I remember very well. Vividly. He was so surprised. He asked my mom, she knows how to use the dictionary. <laughs> wow. I remember wow. that, yeah. But he was in jail for two years. I never went to see him in jail. But he wrote, he used to write letters to me every week. No. I just thought my father had gone away. So he used to write letters to me um, saying when he comes back, we'll go to the swimming pool, we'll go and play tennis. Because he had a thing with me where Saturday mornings he used to play tennis and I used to follow him. I was a daddy's girl. Yeah. I used to follow him everywhere. So he used to write letters. That I do remember. Yeah. But my mom never took us. My sister and I never. But she used to take my, my brother because he was a baby. Yeah, yeah. But she never took us to, to visit him. Wow. Yeah. We don't even talk about that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that part, oh. so thanks to Matombo. Yeah. But this, I've always been curious about your relationship with your dad. Since we're in your dad, we oh might as well finish God. the conversation. Yeah. Um, it's one of the m- more unique relationships I've observed on social media. Okay. So I haven't had the chance to be up close and personal with you guys, but it, it seems to me, from the outside looking in, that you have a thorough relationship with the man. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do. Um, and it's amazing because he didn't get that kind of upbringing. No. He's, he's the complete opposite of my mom. So my father's Yoruba, but born and raised in Cape Coast. In Cape Coast, yeah. His father used to travel. Let me give you a typical example. My father, I would describe my father as any kid that you know who lives probably at Nima or Medina and probably has a side hustle before going to school. Mm. That's my father's background, and my mom's background is conservative, middle class. Nurse, she's a nurse, right? Yeah, retired nurse. Yeah, retired nurse. Okay. 
Fanti lady went to Wesley Girls. When they were kids, they had to cook. Her father was a pharmacist. So she's the complete opposite of my dad. And my dad's orientation, my dad's, like, for example, my, my father started smoking when he was nine. Oh, wow. And he still smokes. Well, yeah, I think he still smokes. Yeah. He has his, you know, periods where he cleans, he stops. My family became best friends with his, his best friend over a pack of cigarettes. First day, I formed one. Wow. So my, my father's the complete opposite of my mom. And funnily enough, he's the one that, he's the one person that we can go to immediately, no matter what it is that you've done. It could be, you could think of the worst thing. And he's the first person you could go to. No judgment. Mm. He'll be there. Mm. Um, whenever he comes to Accra, he comes to the studio for morning coffee. He ends the day, he comes by for a, a cup of coffee again. He cracks jokes. He knows me so well. So, for example, last Thursday, we went for a family dinner. And um, he was having a glass of gin. And he had another glass of champagne. And um, I said to him, and I said, what's that in the, in the short glass? He says, oh, it's gin and something. It's nice. Do you want to taste it? I was like, of course, I can't taste it. Not in my current situation. I can't taste it. <laughs> then he says in Fanti, yeah. hey, <laughs> oh, he speaks Fanti? Yeah, yeah, he was born in Cape Coast. Oh, right. And then the whole table, everybody starts laughing. Yeah. It's like, he knows me well enough to know that gin... Used until a few months ago, mm, used yeah. to be my favorite drink. Yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of relationship <laughs> that I have. The meaning, meaning today the, the, the rat <laughs> doesn't like nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, dope, dope. Um, do you, do you remember your first road trip to Nigeria? Since he he's from from yeah, since I he, remember. He's in, uh, yeah. So we went as a family in I think two thousand and five. Oh, quite recently. Yeah, yeah. It was his father's 10th anniversary of his passing. Mm. And I just come back from England. And we had to go. My mom didn't go. So it was just my siblings and my dad. And I don't know how to describe that trip. And my father's Yoruba is a bit shaky. Mm. He can sit here and speak Yoruba with us. And we would think, like, you know, He's it, it's a perfect yeah, yeah, Yoruba. Yeah, yeah. But then when he sits <laughs> with his family. <laughs> so we got to, I think it was a public holiday when we arrived in Lagos. And then we had um, a car arranged to take us to... Um, Shaw, that's where he's from, mm. um, your State. The following day, the car never showed up, driver never showed up. We were calling their numbers. Nobody no. was answering. So my father just speaks to whoever he found on the guest house, a security guard, and said, where can we get, you know, a car to Ibadan? And they take us to this big lorry park, like huge. I don't, I don't even know what to compare it to. There are these buses. Like one of these... Bus stations, bus right? stations. Uh-huh. but don't, don't think of don't think of an STC. Mm. Think of some open yard. It had rained. There was mud everywhere. So they get us uh, one of these Peugeot, old Peugeot um, yeah. caravans. Yeah. Um, we sit in, and my sister starts crying. Oh, yes. why oh, was she so bougie that you know? She had never experienced anything. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Bougie. And you know, they're the, the speaking Yoruba, and yeah. you don't understand, and you're being told, move here, do this, do mm. this. And the driver on the highway, so there was traffic, the driver just went on the opposite direction against traffic. Yeah. And my sister started wailing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm finished. Yeah. yeah. We got, and then there was a. I remember there was a Peugeot that we sat in, and it had a big hole. 
So you can literally see the tarmac. Like, you can see the road. <laughs> the asphalt, that's where we're going. And this was when my sister's crying. Like, my brother and I know that she is because she's uncomfortable. Yeah. My father has no clue. Because my father's, you know, we need to be in Ibadan because yeah. tomorrow is a festivity. Yeah. So we need to be there. Yeah, yeah. So my sister's crying. My father's, like, distressed. Like, what's wrong with this child? Asking. I'm like, just let her be. Let her cry it out. We ignored her and she cried it out. We got to our destination. Following day, we had to. Uh, my grandfather was a Muslim, mm. so they had to do the prayers. And the family members, they know you don't speak Yoruba, but they're not about to make life comfortable for you. Yeah, you're yeah. not about to speak English, so they're speaking Yoruba. And you're just, you know, just nodding your head. And then we had somebody interpreting for us. After the after the ceremony, we're like, we need to go back to Lagos because we're hungry. We hadn't eaten, and for once, my father was like, yeah, sure. We'll do it your way. So that same day, we came back to Lagos, Victoria Island. Yes. And, we went, and we went to this Ch- Chinese restaurant. Yes. We ate like savages. Wow. <laughs> Since then, my sister's not been, but I have been a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That means your sister who was traumatized. Oh, like, dear. Traumatic, <laughs> you know. So, so, so that means basically, Fred, um, that means basically you are closer to your dad than your mom. Um, I would say... For, for the most part of my life, no, wait, yes. who would you run to if you have have, 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 have an issue to talk about? Like Pops. right now? Yeah. Right now, I go to my mom. Oh, wow. I go to my mom. Is it, is it because of the stage of your life here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. It is because of the stage of where I am currently. So mm. she will have a better understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's your, it's your mom and, and, and dad still together. Still, They're still together. They're still together. Um, um, what have they collectively, you know, taught you? Because now, anytime I see a man and a woman together for like over 20 years, they've been together for over 20 years, yes, right? Yes. I, um, I, more yes. than. Yeah, more than. Yeah. 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 She's, Since she's I'm definitely... 40, so. Oh, wow. So anytime I see couples like that, I go like, can we achieve that same thing now? No, sir. Because really, what do you mean, Mm. (laughs) Fred? Mm. Charlie, because life is fast now. Life is fast, but then I think, you know, I think it's about two two humans, and it's about what you want to work. If you want it to work or you don't want it to work, so yes, you can achieve it. It's not going to be a smooth ride. Like I said, my parents are on the complete opposites of the spectrum. Yeah, complete. And it's it's a matter of choice that you decide we're going to make this work. Now, to your question, what have they thought taught me? Yeah. Um, hmm. my siblings and I always talk about how we never look to the other person. We're never envious of the other person, anybody's success or whatever path they're on. And mm-hmm. I think it's a trick that we got from our parents. Yeah. Um, just living your own light, I guess. I think that would be the paramount lesson that we've learned from them. Living your own light. Do mm. you? And uh, they've actually even raised us so much that my siblings and I are really close. We're a very close-knit family. Mm. So there's nothing that's happening that the Bello family doesn't know about. Like mm. each member, we know. So we, these are the things. Stay true to yourself and then love and cherish your family. Dope. Fred. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm enjoying the conversation you guys are having. Mm. <laughs> the question I want to ask you is, family mm-hmm. you've talked about your relationship with your dad with your mom the stage in your life that you're at and i just want to piggyback off of 
the idea of a long-lasting relationship mm-hmm. in our current environment. Um, how did how did you deal? Because you said in 2020, you were talking to your best friend about possibly living and growing old together and mm-hmm. all that. You were resigned to the idea of maybe having a family or settling down and whatnot. I keep asking because I think it's a big issue here. Maybe I'm overestimating it. But how much of it becomes a stressor for for, for women in your position? You're, mm-hmm. you're public-facing. You're in the limelight. You're expected to achieve certain things by certain times and be settled, have a family, have children, yada, yada. And you're still trying to build a business. How much of that was weighing on you? Fortunately, it wasn't. Like okay. I said, because of my upbringing, um, our, our parents never told us, you need to be married by this age, you need to have kids by this age, you need to do X, Y, Z. Um, society expects that of you, right. but then I was raised in a space where I was told not to pay attention to society's expectations of me. Okay. So it was never a burden. Like I said, in 2020, when I had that conversation with my best friend, I had actually resigned. I can, I can go into details. I actually resigned myself to the fact that, oh, I'm going to be 40 in two years' time. This is me thinking in 2020. If I don't have a husband or a life partner, I think I'll be okay with it. I will not have a child until I have a life partner that I believe I can raise a child with. So if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with it. And I said to my best friend, maybe before I turn 40, what I can do is retrieve my eggs, freeze them, and then maybe at the age of 41, if I feel like there's a void in my life that can only be filled with a child, then I could probably look at, you know, um, surrogacy uh, or, adoption. or yeah. adoption or using yeah. the eggs. Or like, yeah, what do you call it? Intro? Yes, yeah. an IVF. IVF. So that was, yeah. I had, I'd actually come to that conclusion. Wow. And then towards the end of the year, I met my husband. Okay. Yeah. So I never had that kind of pressure. I didn't think... Dear God, I'm losing. Time is ticking. I'd actually resigned to the fact that maybe having a family of my own is not in the works. Because mm. I wasn't about to, for lack of a better word, settle and have a child. You know, some people are able to tell themselves, I'm okay. I just need a child. As a woman, yeah. I need to have a child so mm. I can have a child with whomever. For me, it, wasn't the, it was the other way around. I need to have a life partner first mm. before I can have the child. Is it, is it partial? Is it due to? The kind of family setting that you grew up in? I think so. Yeah. I think subconsciously. Because, subconsciously, yeah. Because we were raised in, the, in a family where my mom was present, my dad was present. Mm-hmm. And I could see the values of having both. So maybe my subconscious has stayed with me and it shaped my thing of a family setup. Because I know women and I know people who are comfortable with, I can just have my child. The man is not coming. I mean, I got that kind of advice. Mm. Don't get me wrong. From people who were loving me and showing their love in the most, you know, positive way that mm. they could. Why don't you have a child? And then maybe later in life that man would come. But it was it was never Good. about that for me. Um, so um, how many years have you been with, with your husband? So we started dating the end of November or December 2020. 2020. And then we got married last year. Okay. So what informed you that, yes, this is the man? Because I am I, am I, am I guess you have been in... So, so many other relationships, relationships before yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And 
So what informed you? No, this is the, the man that's, that I'm going to settle with. The very first day. So let me just backtrack. I've known, I had known him in the past. I mm. met him through a very good friend of mine way back, um, I think 2006. Oh. And so we would see each other in social settings. And the last time I saw him was in 2010. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him again. Oh, he, wow. he never crossed my path until 2020, my birthday. And then he reached out to me and said, happy birthday, I didn't even know you were in town. So he came to see me in the studio. I was actually filming um, a video in the studio. He came to see me that night. And we had a chat. Maybe he came in just around 11 or 10. We had a chat until 6 o'clock in the morning. Hey. Yeah. 10 p.m.? Yes. Till the morning. Till the morning. Hey. We had a chat. Charlie. Setting, 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 setting. Wow. And he didn't hold any bars. He talked about, I didn't even have to ask certain questions. Like I, the, I remember asking a question like, okay, what do you want? To, why are you here? Which I always ask. Wow. And he answered. A week, then he left. Then I think a week or two, he just took me to his parents' house, introduced me to his um, his mom and his dad. Wow. A serious man. Yeah. Well, he went in for the kill. Yeah. Yes, he did. Straight. Yeah. 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 He did. Shout out. So shout out. It. So, since 2020 till now, mm-hmm. has it been what you envisioned, what you expected? <laughs> has it been dope? <laughs> <laughs> Yes and no. Yeah, um, okay. Yes and no. Um, it's been good, I won't lie. It's been good. But there's, there's, there's been learning curves. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I came into the relationship with having worked on myself mm-hmm. for a very long time. Um, I understand who I am. Yeah. Um, I, talk, I talk about anything and everything. I don't leave anything untouched. I don't sweep anything under the rug. But then I'm, I've also reached a certain place in my life where I'm able to extend grace. Mm. So I'm not judging where you're coming from. Um, my first reaction is I'm not going to be upset for whatever it is that you're doing. I just extend grace for you to, you know, unravel and explain yourself. And I think in the beginning, Kweku was not used to that, to a woman who was so vocal. And yet, I wouldn't raise my voice. Mm. I wouldn't cast you out. I wouldn't have an argument. Um, it's, let's just talk about it. If you're not ready, we can talk about it when you're ready. It's, but we need to talk about it. Um, and I live by, do as you say. So, slowly. He will mm. tell you that I'm a, I'm a very, very persistent human being. Mm. But then, I am not in your face where you're, you're not able to breathe. You will feel that persistence in a certain way. <laughs> you will definitely have that conversation. You will, you will come to the table for us to have yeah. the conversation. So he wasn't used to that. Yeah. But I would say in our generation, our year group, because we're the same age. He's just January and then I'm in November. Oh. I have never met. And before him, and I, I used to tell him that I'd given up on mm. like men of our age. But then with him. Men are trash. No, men are not trash, but then that's, that's a different thing we can talk about. They're not trash. I think a lot of them don't know who they are. Yeah. And he came as honest as he could. He came yeah. bearing it all. And that's the one thing I, I can always rely on him for, the truth. Yeah. So, And I'm very big on that. He's never lied to me. He's never had to hide anything from me. It's, I'm here. 
Yeah. We're just not, yeah. maybe not going to do it your way, yeah, your yeah, time, yeah. but I'm here. Yeah. And I can respect that. Yeah. Do you, do you have kids? Yes. How many? Um, twin boys. Oh, wow. So when we, that's a bit TMI, but let's put it out there because I'm sure that maybe <laughs> the world even knows. Yeah. So when we, when we got together, um, very early, as soon as we got together, I knew that this is what we, we wanted to embark on this journey. Um, somebody was, somebody had babies for him and they look just like him. They're two years old, two boys. Wow. Yes, two boys. They're such lovely boys. And we're now expecting our first. Oh, shout, 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 shout. Congratulations. Thank you. I was suspecting from the outfit and everything, but I didn't yeah. want to uh, let that show right, Because it was, it was like, it was too big. I'm like, but oh, wow. But I wear baggy clothes all the time. You do, but on this Saturday one. Saturday I posted a picture. Um, yeah, with, but, the, but, with, but, with but this one is like. Do you want to see it? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't hide the belly. No, I don't yeah. hide I, the belly. Not, I, know, I know you wear baggy clothes. And I know that you style differently. Yes. But this is maternity yeah. outfit. This yeah. is not maternity it is. outfit. She knows. Listen. No, it's in the collection. <laughs> <laughs> so before this, you were probably in the best shape of your life. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, we can know. She not, was, not necessarily. Not like, okay, for me. As I've been in Ghana, you were like yes, because I love working out. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, yeah. she's and a workout junkie. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah, but then um, I went through some emotional, some mental bit. So if you if you realize, and you know, I used to post a lot of my yeah. exercises. So if you realize, from twenty twenty one to to present time, there were no posts about exercise. I actually stopped working out because I had a bit of um, there was something. Yeah, mm. yeah. There was so, there was an emotional thing that affected me mentally, okay. so I stopped working out. Did you go to therapy? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been going to therapy since twenty fourteen. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And 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 has therapy helped? Amazingly. Do you have a way that you deal with whenever you you go down under? Like, do you have a, a way that that you deal with? You know, the, your your mental stress, your mental um, you know instability. I don't know if it's a way, but then. What I do is I give myself time. Whatever it is that I'm feeling, I sit in it mm. and I sit with it and I let it dwell. But I never, I don't, ha I don't throw a, a, a pity party. Um, I process whatever it is that I can process out of it, mm -hmm. and then I come out of it. So I don't know if that's the process. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, but just in a jovial way. But back to her looks. So. When she was working out, you are bent on her yeah, looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when she was working out and doing all that stuff, yeah, she still wore baggy clothes. But yeah. I'm saying that okay, for me, the way I view you, stylistically, mm. I couldn't have imagined you in a different type. I didn't expect to see you in some other dress, maternity dress. But this is how I expected you to present. I don't know what I, I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. I get it. But this is like when she got out. I'm like, okay, it's that time of. <laughs> is that season? Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I've never been able to ask any woman this, uh -huh. but I always think about it. Okay, you know, I should have known this. I should have asked, you know, some someone this. How does it feel as a woman to wake up and realize that there is life, life in you? It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> and for me, it's been a journey, mm. so I don't take it for granted. Um, I wake up very, very grateful. I wake up thinking I am actually undeserving of it. Mm. But God has given it to me. So I wake up very grateful. 
Every mm. minute, yeah. Why do you feel it. like you're undeserving? Because people have gone through, you know, people have been married or have been trying for years or even decades, and it doesn't happen. They go through all kinds. And for me, I think my experience, yes, I've been through something, but it's very, very little compared to the strife or the stress that some other women and families have gone through in order for them to, you know, carry a child or um, bear a child. So sometimes I think, hmm, it's amazing that I think I'm undeserving because per, per the stats, and we did IVF, per the stats, it's very, um, my doctor says I'm one of his luckiest patients mm. um, through the journey because this is my first IVF. Okay. Um, some feel? Oh, yeah. Some people go through. That's what I'm saying. Some people oh, go wow. through. I, did, I didn't know this. Some people go through it multiple times. Oh, wow. Multiple times. Um, it's And then even the process, the whole journey is stressful on the... I can imagine. On the on a person's body and then stressful to, on their partner as well. And compared to what I had to go through to get here. So that's why I say I feel like I'm undeserving sometimes. But then it's God. Who am I to deny what God is going to give yeah. me? Wow. So I just don't take it for granted. I don't complain. I mean, I have, I get heartburns. That's why I'm sitting here. I have heartburns. Mm. But then I don't complain. Like, you know, I'm just grateful. Uh, are you in, in that throwing up stage? No, I didn't the, throw that's, up. That's the first trimester, right? Yeah, but I didn't throw up. Oh, I wow. Yeah, I didn't get none of that. Yeah, that. people experience their pregnancy yeah. differently. differently. And, and, and uh, Alima hasn't changed. Because I know women who, like, their nose become bigger, you know, and all that. Look, the hormonal changes. And even... No one pregnancy is the same. So I could probably yeah. get pregnant again and you'll probably see me in town and not recognize Please, me. we don't know. We, we, we are trying <laughs> to say, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of yeah. hormonal changes that the body goes through. So you like, you know, all that, like the swelling yeah, in the face of the yeah. nose and, the, and then the feet is all water retention. Oh. Yeah. And then there's, um, at some stage, there's a darkening of the skin, melasma or something's called that. Yeah, you true. Get, like, yeah, some yeah. People get their necks darkened or yeah. their face. It's a lot. The wow. the the female body goes through a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yep. amazing. I, it's I amazing. mean, yeah. I'll just keep it. I'll say this mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't want to be controversial. <laughs> I think it's an amazing thing that women do for the world by allowing their bodies to go through this, so that the human species can continue and we shouldn't take it for granted yeah. it's yeah, it's like yeah. bro yeah. i wouldn't do it yeah if yeah. i was paid money yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout, yeah. shout to every yeah. woman in the world through and through yeah. Yeah. lola bello yes what happened to lola bello collection yes that was the very first name <laughs> yeah. this was a spy back when i was in kumase and when i thought um when i decided i could have a brand and that decision came from a very, um, I would say, from a very selfish point of view. Because I was working for my dad at that time in Kumase. And okay. um, there was nowhere to go to buy clothes. Or the kind of clothes, I mean, don't, there were clothes in Kumase, but mm. then the kind of clothes that spoke to me. So I went through a period where I would follow my mom to her seamstress, get her to buy me fabrics and have stuff made. And then I found out through the internet um, that, you know, um, there were brands popping up in Nigeria and South Africa. 
And even in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, that's what Christy Brown also yeah. came yeah. up. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that you could actually turn this into a profession or mm. a career. Mm. So that was the first name, Lola. I took it from my Yoruba name. Yeah, I was going to ask you. My yeah. Yoruba name is Omolola. So oh. I, just, I just shortened it. Omolola. Yes. What does it mean? It means um, God's gift. No, God. wealth. It's a wealth. A wealthy child. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I, that's where the Lola is from. And Bello is my surname, obviously. Yeah. So that's the very first name that I had. Then I think from there, I transitioned into Bello. And then I went into a partnership. And then it went to Bello Edu. No. Yeah. So where's the Edu? Um, kept, I, had a, I had a partner. And we set it up together. So when I... When I moved to Accra, I think it was maybe, I moved to Accra 2010, and I met my then partner through my sister, who's also half Yoruba and half Ghanaian, and we decided let's form a partnership, and it seemed like a very good idea, because mm. at that time, there were no, like, you know, brands that were based on partnerships, and then obviously, everybody had a full-time job at that time, so we just thought, if, if, if we collaborated, it would be, um, it would be the best. But then, somewhere along the line, she wanted to pursue the brand on her own and explore other things and then I wanted to maintain but then I couldn't drop the name because we had just launched the website yeah. launched the name and I felt from a branding perspective, perspective. it wouldn't make sense people mm. would not take you seriously and that's why the name stuck okay yeah so Edu is the other partner yes, who's no longer partner, a partner yes. mm. wow okay um as somebody who doubles here and there mm -hmm. um I think I suspect where your inspiration lies, but I, I want to ask you yourself. Where do you think it lies? I want to say <laughs> it after you tell me because I don't want to. I know I'm not going to influence your answer, but I want to know because I want to know how closely I'm thinking about okay. design. Where, where does your inspiration normally come from? Okay. Or what's your general inspo, like your vibe? Ease. 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 That's one. Number two... Um, I like pieces that are very, that transcend time. Like, you know, um, I don't believe in buying for a season and, you know, every season you have to flip. Change. That's not. So let's just say I'm the muse okay. for the brand. Like I said, I started this from a very selfish point of view. So it was from my point of view that mm -hmm. I designed. And I was, let's just say I was naive to think, you know, strongly believe that I'll get people who would agree to my point of view, and I certainly did. Okay. So ease is one. Um, something that's classic that can transcend time. At the same time, <clears throat> wearing something that makes you confident without, you know, shouting. So we always say when somebody is in our piece, mm -hmm. you would notice her. She doesn't have to do too much for you to notice her, but you mm -hmm. would notice her. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that, you know, mm speak to me whenever I'm designing. Okay. So, have you heard like Oriental Minimalist associated with your design? Minimalist, like? yes. Oriental, not so much, but Minimalist a lot. And then if, when you come to the store, because okay. <clears throat> I am a, I am a bit of a minimalist, so when you come to the store, you realize that the store is like sparsely decorated uh -huh. because I like spaces. Like, you know, or a clear canvas. We use there's this thing that we see in the studio, let the dress be like a clear canvas and let the woman decide what she wants to mm. add on to the dress. Okay. So yes, minimalist, yes. Oriental, maybe not. Like Asian culture? No. 
this kind of reminds me of a kimono-ish yeah. vibe, like a very Cause I like the ease Japanese. Of okay, mm-hmm. okay. So minimalist, right? But Oriental, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with with Bello Edu, mm-hmm. I think five years ago, mm-hmm. what it stood for in my mind was very distinct in the space. Everybody was kind of leaning towards, well, I don't want to say everybody, but the major ones that I was encountering were leaning towards a certain aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then we walk into your shop and it's like, boom, <laughs> something totally different. Mm-hmm. The setting from, I remember one thing that you did where you had taken like a photo of some natural yes. place and you use it as a background. Yes. But the pieces themselves, like the fabric choice, the cut, it seemed like there was so much effort mm-hmm. being put into bringing out a simple garment. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the item, it doesn't have a whole bunch of design. But the details is in the cut, the flare, the way it falls and lays over the body. Have you been to school for design? <laughs> so, the um, no, I haven't been to school, formal education for design. Um, the closest I've done is a six-month course on pattern cutting. And even with that knowledge, I don't even get involved. Um, I just get involved from a design perspective and then the aesthetics of the brand. And then, so I sketch and then get the patterns done by the team, get the samples done if I'm happy with it. And then back to you saying everything being intentional. So what I do is I don't force myself to put out, we do two collections a year. And I think that's safe enough for me to be able to pour into each collection and make sure that each piece makes sense in the collection. Um, the idea, like I said, is for a woman to open up her wardrobe or her closet in three years' time or in five years' time and still be able to wear something that she purchased from us in 2017. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Okay. Okay. Can, can Kaba and Sleet... Mm-hmm. Can it be, you know, revolutionized? Like, can, can it be, can it be evolved? Can it be evolved? Has it not evolved? Has it? You don't think so? No, because I'm imagining back then my grandma and my, and my mom, I still have some of, you know, their stuff, their cabin slit there. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, cabin slit is so dope. Yeah. It's a three piece. The top, yep. the skirt, and the cloth that goes yeah. around the, it. And the sometimes the scarf, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have not seen anything more than that reminds me of Kaba and Slate. But you, Tombu, how much do you pay attention to women's dress? <laughs> Thank oh, well, you. Don't want to, don't want to. <laughs> so, it's like, has it, has it, has it, it, has, it has, has evolved? It has. Oh, really? Don't you think so, Fred? I think so. Yeah, I think There's so many iterations of mm-hmm. that Kaba and Slate presentation now. Yeah. The way, if you go to a wedding, you mm. pay attention to the type of fabric they're using. Yeah. The shapes they are forming, mm-hmm. like mm. oh, yeah. wow, wow. Me, I was, I've, I've been looking out for cabinets late, like <laughs> through and through, and I don't see. And one thing that I also think should evolve is collar. You know, when we're kids, the cloth we used to tie it around our necks, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. And but I you would, know, Virgil did that. Oh really? Then I, then you know me, I, I don't really follow. Exactly. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> did you see where Virgil <laughs> did, did that? Yeah. Did. Oh really? Yeah. So he took the kente and did all that. Well, when he may he rest in peace. But when he finally started claiming us, he came back in. 
did the whole. Uh, did you did you follow the Louis Vuitton um, fashion thing like Farrell last? Show. Yeah, Farrell show. Did yeah, you follow? Or I what? Did. You, what? 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 You, did you think about it? <laughs> um, he didn't re- reinvent anything. He just took mm. yeah. elements that are important to the LV brand yeah. and did it the Pharrell way, which yeah. I think is the best way for any creative director. Um, I always say, well, there are some designers that come out and reinvent the wheel. Mm. I'm not here to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. I am not here. I'm not here to conv- like you know convert anybody to be a Balayadu woman. I always say it's either you are or you're not. And then for those sitting in the middle, you're aspiring to be. So there's no conversion here. Yeah. It's either you get it or you don't. Yeah. I think that's what fashion is. He doesn't have to do a lot of work. So I think he just took elements that are important to the LV brand and then just yeah. did it his Pharrell way, yeah. which mm. I think was dope. Dope. Yeah, I mean, I I agree for the for the most part. I think it was a smart business decision by LV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virgil is a hard act to follow, mm-hmm. but if you speak in terms of iconic people in the fashion space now yeah pharrell is about as influential as it gets even though he doesn't normally get the props that he deserves i mean kanye ripped him off other people ripped him off they evolved they did their thing but to, for pharrell to get that opportunity i was kind of worried and scared about what he was going to come out with because i think his style can be a bit mm-hmm. you know colorful and too playful yeah but I think he pulled it off. Yeah, and one, one thing I liked about him during the show, most of the interviews that he had during the show, he gave Kanye his props. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, this isn't him. This is, yeah, you know, Mr. West. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have to give Ye his props. I just wish Ye would give Pharrell his props. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know Ye. <laughs> <laughs> Can you leave my brother Kanye out of Yeah. Because... Yeah. I, I, I um, so for people... For my peers mm-hmm. and for those right behind me, we wear few local stuff. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but for people who are close to me, they, they are always looking at the designer stuff, foreign design, design like the Dior's, the Gucci's, you know, the, uh, and all that. Um, how has it been for you finding people to, you know, take your brand mm. um, like I said I'm not here to convert and you know it goes beyond when you talk about your peers or our peers and them leaning towards the brands mm-hmm. it goes just beyond the physical there's a mental exercise yeah, yeah. it's um, it's where they are mentally at that stage in their yeah. lives and for somebody who's there mentally that's not my that's not my clientele yeah. my clientele is a woman who appreciates something that's made authentically from home. Um, but not to say she's just jumping on every bandwagon. She wants things that are well-made, you know, things that have meaning and yeah, value. Yeah. Um, not to say that she doesn't like a Louis Vuitton bag or slippers she would buy every now and then. But they, they've reached a certain level of, um, what would be the word? They know who they are, so they are not defined by the labels yeah. that they will have to throw on for everybody to see. Look at me, I have a Dior shirt on or a, yeah. or a Chanel. Cool. Um, it's like I said, it's, a, it's where people are mentally and you just have to leave them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way I, I, I'm a customer of Beloidu, she's yeah, one of my favorite. Thank you. If somebody's special to me, that's why I ah, think. But I thought you only make 
clothes for women. Yeah. No, I'm buying for women all the time. You buy for women all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not cross-dressing Capo yet. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> but I think, so this is how I see your brand. Maybe, I'm sure you'd agree, but Belo Eju, for me, is about a certain aspiration and taste. So when you see the 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 pieces, yeah. I think the first thing that jumps at you is not let me go and figure out what label is it is, whether it's some big name. Yeah. What sticks out to you is the attention to detail, mm. the craftsmanship, and how the outfit has been made so uniquely. There's a piece that I, I bought from your shop that to this day, like if I'm thinking about how to go into a place and be yourself and regal, but not over the top, but you're still going to be distinct, that outfit just keeps popping up. And I'm like, man, I, it's such an iconic piece. It's such mm -hmm. a timeless piece. And that's what I love about your brand. And I think so for people who experience brands in Look A Me Way, it might not necessarily be your cup of tea. Your cup of tea, but if you love craftsmanship and skill and how an outfit is going to flow and lay on your body and all of that, then that's that's how I see the brand. Craftsmanship, thank you, Fred. Skill and all that. Um, one thing that people in your field complain a lot about is having the right team, yeah. having people to work with, people who are so on point and all that. Mm -hmm. Fred, you have you know yeah. spoken about it you know to me several times and all that. How difficult or easy has it been finding your staff? Um, <laughs> still a learning curve. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the front of office, like operations, yeah. my retail, I've got that covered because with that field or on that on that side, I have a solid team. They love what they do. It's not about a paycheck. Mm. They love what they do. They understand the brand. They can represent me. I can I can rest easy and know that they can go out there and represent the brand. True. And then when it gets to production, now the difficulty with production is mm. I have tried it all. And um, I honestly feel sometimes we have that challenge because of the way from colonial times when, you know, you go and write your exam, you don't pass. Mm -hmm. So there's mm. no... So there's no intrinsic value. Now, you can have a worker and treat the person, you know, as you would treat your brother or your sister. But then there's still that, there's a mental block. There's still that block where it's us versus them. So they might show up for work. They might do the work. But at the point where you need them to cross over mm. and say, you know what, we believe in the brand. Mm. You can have as many sessions as you want. Every Monday I have a team meeting. And then midweek, we probably have another informal one. We are as open as any business can be. In fact, we, we are more than open. Mm. We will let you know, we'll let the team know, these are hard times. This is what sales is looking like right now. These are what our clients are saying. We're very open. We allow people to express themselves. And you would like to think they've actually bought into the story. They understand how they should even like, you know, talk to a client. Yeah. Or even how to even hold their space, your machine. Keep it safe. Keep it neat. You as a human being. But then there's a, 
there will be a disconnect. There will be a disconnect. And then we're going through a phase where they're like, oh, bring an Ivorian tailors. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, so, yeah. yes. Standard. It's, it's standard. Ivorian tailors know how to sew. But Kenyan tailors also mm. know how to sew. But the difference is, because the Ivorian is looking for money to take home, he comes and he's focused. He makes a mistake, he will correct it. He will work and go home. But then, uh, our brethren, or your fianipa, why a mistake? Or Baba Mandi no correct it. Like, you know, there's no sense of urgency. urgency like, yeah. you know, there's always, we have too many excuses. Yeah. And it, Get away with too much. Yes. And it's not, and it's not even just, you like to think, oh, maybe it's people who haven't gone through formal education yeah. in the profession. Even when we've gone through a period where we took graduates from all these um, institutions that are training. Mm-hmm. And I always ask, is fashion something that you really want to pursue? They are like, yes, okay, what field? Like, you know, which angle? So we, yeah. I know how to yeah. support. And you take them through, and within three months, people will show you their true character. They can't take instructions. People don't like being criticized. But then if you're doing something and it's not of a setting standard, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't hold a yeah. machine for you yeah. if the work is not of a setting standard. So yeah. we do have a problem. And then... You have those who go to some of the institutions and immediately, I don't know if it's because of the new wave of social media, hmm. immediately after they graduate, they honestly think they can hold their own and own a business, and and own a business which is fantastic. I wish everybody could own their own business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then in doing that, you don't just jump into owning your own business. You have to learn about even keeping your books, yeah. you know, or even managing your stores like you, so your fabrics. So I wish they could understand, like, let's work for a year or two and then steady and then yeah. we're able to do our own mm. thing but it doesn't happen mm. so th- somebody comes to work with you you employ them in january and then they already know that by september they're traveling yeah. but then they don't disclose this oh. and then it's it's you talking to them so i have a I have a way of communicating I'm like oh what are your plans what you want to do and somebody oh i wanted to set up my own business but right now i have a traveling opportunity I'm like oh so where are you going when do you want to go september I'm like oh okay so then mentally and then i go back to the office and tell them okay so you know that you have to start looking for a replacement. replacement then. Yeah. Wow. So it's quite difficult. Yeah. And I think our local talent, we're unable to hold and claim our profession because of how traditionally we've had people enter the profession. Like, you know, the artisans, you didn't pass your exam. There's no space for you. Yeah. We can't afford. So maybe go into plumbing, go into tailoring, go into hairdressing. Mm. So we're not, people are not coming out of it with, you know, with a sense of pride thinking maybe I'm the best pattern cutter at Belo Edu. Yeah. We're not thinking yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, because I think along similar lines, but I have, I wa- I've been thinking about this, I want to ask your perspective on it. How much of this inability to sustain a workforce in businesses like yours is associated with also the idea that First, you can easily start and open your own business, sewing shop, Mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. And how much of it do you think is influenced by the lack of maybe loyalty from the general population in sense of, if I know Beluedu, right, I will not buy a replica. Mm-hmm. I refuse to. 
I refuse to talk to any employee outside of the business who tries to approach me. I was just getting an evaluation report, just to give you an example. And I've been working with this guy since 2016. And one of his workers says to me, I need him to go and value land for me. Two of them I've sent in the location. I know he's working for his boss. And then he calls me and says, uh, so how do you want to do this? Because I was asking how much it was going to cost. Do you want me to do it under the company name or you want to do it differently? <laughs> I already understood what he was trying to say to me. I'm like, ah, boss, like, of course, company. But then he said, oh, he still went further and told me, if you, don't, if you want to do it on the side, I can use another company. <laughs> and I ended the conversation. I didn't, but I messaged the boss, send me somebody else. I didn't even report him because I didn't want to start any drama. Let me keep this uh, question brief to that. The point is, I think there's so many elements that allow people to not be loyal, but also they feel like they can go and start their own business or maybe they're using you as a stepping stone. Is Do you find that a reality or how much of it do you think affects our ability to grow like a fashion house where you're... you're you, I was thinking like you. I'm going to work at Belo I'm going to cut my teeth. I'm going to build experience. Yeah, yeah. Five, six years from now, the boss can even help me start my own brand. But now you're going to go into the world saying, former creative designer for mm -hmm. Belo Edu starts, and that could boost your career. That's how it happens everywhere else, yeah. Yeah. you know. So. Um, so, yes, it's easy for you to start your own, just get a machine yeah. in front of your house, inside your bedroom, and then so that's easy. The loyalty bit, I don't even fall on that. I don't need your loyalty. And it, I think it stems from our culture here. It's a cultural thing that we have to break through. And I don't know how I'm going to break through, but then I can only assume that anybody who walks through my door and is a part of my team, I can only assume that whatever you say you will do, you will do. And then I also do what I say I will do. do yeah. If you want to quit in three months' time, I can't stop you. Um, if you want to then try and what maneuver your way and get my client details go ahead and try um it's a cultural thing where in ghana you know your employee is always thinking hmm, if you're giving me a thousand maybe you got hundred thousand yeah but you asked for a thousand and i decided to and we agreed i'll give you a thousand but then he starts scheming yeah how do i get an extra thousand that's on you mm -hmm. i don't i don't have time to navigate through that you know that sea of thought i don't have the time to do it um i don't think about it just do as you say if you will not do it and i feel like your behavior is counterproductive then there has to be a way that i will you know ease mm. you out okay yeah okay. have you have you been watching the, the podcast yeah have you um so is your shada intentional? Shada means clothes. Is intentional because oh, Alima knows what shada is, no? <laughs> you know, because because of the the, the color. Oh, of no, that's why no, I said no. she was going to blend in. Yeah. Oh no! Quite honestly, um, this is not what I wanted to wear initially. No, oh, okay. What I wanted to wear was not ready. So no. this morning I just picked this. Pick this yeah. Oh, you, you we're getting a special outfit outdoor. Oh yes. Okay, when the baby <laughs> comes, you come back. Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> yeah. So. So um, I I know you you like you you work out. Mm -hmm. You used to work out. You yeah. know you play tennis mm -hmm. and all that. Now during work, how do you have fun during work? Well, work is, is fun. 
your your work is fun. Yeah. So is there is there like like a routine, some something you listen to, something you watch, you know, how do you hmm. you know entertain yourself? When I'm working. Yeah. Um my work is entertaining. Yeah. Okay. So I don't do much. Um I used to have this routine where like if I wanted to get into the zone, like music wise, yeah. there are a couple of artists I would listen to. Um, outside of that, I don't do much. I'm very easy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, a, a couple of artists that you listen to, do you have names? Can you have names? Oh. Um, when I'm working, Kanye. Ace. Jay-Z. Ace. Burner Boy. Fella. Fella's, I'm heavy on Fella. I've always mm. been heavy on Fella, wow. like when I'm working. Yeah. How wow. do you feel about Burner kind of sort of being the modern representation of Fella, if, if you agree? I do agree. Okay. I do. Okay. I do agree to a large extent. Um, I don't think we have anybody like Burner now. The same way in that era, they didn't have anybody like Fella. Mm. They're mm. good artists, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're good artists now, but he embodies so much more than the music. Mm. And um, I like people who, who come off as arrogant, but then they deliver. Yeah. So it's not arrogance. It's confidence. It's confidence. You might think of it as arrogance because maybe you, you haven't tapped into, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. So and that's how I see Burner. Mm. He he delivers. Yeah. yeah. Same, think, same as Kanye for me. Okay. You no, know, I always tell everybody Kanye is my brother. It's like oh, wow. he's, he's like my spirit animal. A lot of people don't really understand why? him. But I understand him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Um so um Kanye West, Burner Boy, um Jay Z Jay Z fella. Wow, that's 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 like, a tough lineup. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's it's like weird, tough, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Do you have favorite songs from each each of these guys? It's one like a song that will kick you up anytime you hear that Jay Jay Z song or that Burner song or that Kanye song. Mm. It, it it changes you up. You, it's not. So it's not. It's it's really not about a particular song. Yeah. It's about what they all represent. They have this driving force. Mm. So whenever you feel like, oh, I really don't want to be doing this, and you're thinking, do you think Beyonce is asleep? Beyonce yeah. is working. Yeah, yeah, Kanye's yeah. busy working. He's yeah. pushing through. Jay Z's busy pushing through. He can be identified for X Y Z. So it's not really about a particular song. Any of the songs will get me going. Yeah. But it's about what they represent. For yeah, me. For yeah. No, no. What's your favorite song from Fella? Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah, hard. Uh, I know. That, I know it is hard. But you just one song that that comes to your head anytime you hear. I really can't choose, and it's mm. my father's fault. So oh, okay. <laughs> my 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 choice or my taste in music comes from comes my from dad. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's the, a lot. Mm. Yeah, he's, the only, has he's the only artist that I would say. I used to tell my sister, like, you know, sometimes, you remember how Michael Jackson songs, like, the tracks used to be so long? Yeah. But Fela, sometimes hey, you listen to like, No, you can't compare Michael to yeah. so like a 15 yeah. minute track. 25 minutes, 25 minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> I've listened to a 25 yeah. minute. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. No. Uh, wow. I don't think I can pick. Me, me, I like what. Uh, you know, again, you mean, my brother loves that. Yeah, you know, my my yeah. brother loves that. It's 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 so true. Like what I know, again, yeah, and and the words. Fella is deep. Well, I have well, I have a couple of favorite songs from from Fella. Mm. I can I can lie. Yeah, there there has been calls to ban used clothing 
into the country. Mm. I am, am I, I thrift yeah. a whole lot. I go to the flea market. I go to Cantamanto. Anytime I'm in the States or wherever to, I find thrift shops, thrift shops, thrift shops, <laughs> thrift shops, <laughs> thrift shops. Yes, there you go. To go in. This is from, from a thrift shop. Okay. You know, um, but there, there, there's, there's been calls to ban, you know, the import mm-hmm. of used clothing into the country mm-hmm. because of waste mm-hmm. and, you know, what, what's your take on that? Um, For me, if, if, if it's banned, you are going to have more, more people coming to Belo Horizonte. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> I understand the importance and the need for us to ban. Yeah. Because when you look at the waste, I mean, it's unimaginable. But at the same time, you've got people who can't afford, you know, clothes, clothes that are made in Ghana. Mm. So where do they sit? Are we going to set up factories? First off, do we even have department stores? You know how um, in the West you can have department stores where they're selling clothes yeah. at a very affordable, affordable prices? Yeah. Do we have that mm. for people to walk in and say, I can buy a T-shirt or a shirt for... 25 cities. 25 cities, yeah. Exactly. I understand the need. I'm not saying we shouldn't ban it. Um, I'm very environmentally conscious, so I understand the need for it. But before we get there, can we put certain things in place to make sure that everybody's taken care Mm -hmm. of? Mm -hmm. Then before... And then, of course, then there's a business, the whole business behind it. Mm. I don't think they'll be happy to hear this because there's a a whole... Apparently, there's a whole cartel behind it. Yep, yep. Um, Yep. I think what we need to do is just, uh, we need a lasting solution. Mm, we, yeah. We're we very fond of, as a nation, we're very fond of, it's not working, so stop. But where's the middle? What, what are you doing in between? Because if you stop, then people are now going to look for other ways of bringing it in. Yeah. yeah. Illegally, okay. yeah. however way. However way. Yeah. Um, I want to say something about that because I, I've always found it an interesting proposition. Obroni Wewu, as mm-hmm. they call it. Mm-hmm. White man is dead clothes mm. i think it impacts us on several different levels tiers mm-hmm. i think from a self-worth standpoint yeah knowing that your clothes are the clothes of the dead white man mm-hmm. subconsciously i think it brings you down to a certain mental level yeah but i i don't think that we as a country like to look back on history from a research standpoint because she's talking about textiles. And there's truthfully at a point in our country's evolution where we were making textiles here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rollins is responsible for killing that industry. Mm. It doesn't get talked about enough because even though he came in with the revolution mindset, the damage <coughs> that was done to entrepreneurial progress, yeah. i.e. we having a textile industry that was booming, because you need to have access to the fabric to make inexpensive clothes. Right yeah. now, mm-hmm. that's all happening in China. That's why we have to import. So for me, yes, there's foreign interest that wants to maintain. I mean, I know the U.S. even got a, a, involved in telling our people not to try to ban it yeah. because <laughs> they need it to thrive. But I think as a people, if we're, if we're self-loving enough, we have to get to a point where we have to see ourselves beyond wearing expired clothes of the dead white yeah. man. At least find a way to create here where 
it can be sustainable, affordable, yeah. and maybe, you know, Job. that's how I feel about yeah. it. So, um, Bello Edu, yeah. you have been like, you have been in business for years and all that. Um, I don't know the current state of fashion in Ghana. Mm. I hear of the Ghana Fashion Week. Mm. Um, Is there Ghana Fashion Week? Uh, mm. Yeah, 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 they're all. No, there's Ga- glitz. But glitz, then, okay, yeah, 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 yes. I think that, yeah. yeah. The Glitz Fashion Week mm-hmm. and, and, and all that. Um, but I watch these things, this uh, Milan, you know, yeah. you know, and all that currently, Kanye's, you know, <laughs> There was a Dior fashion thing to where Chad people came. Yeah, From the, the men's ground. fashion yeah, yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kanye yeah. is cooking, by the yeah. way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I, I can, I can tell. What is the current state of fashion in Ghana in your field? Like the fashion houses, the, you know, how difficult has has it been? Are you getting enough avenues to showcase your stuff, or people have to find you through Instagram or come to your shop? Like, do we have like enough visibility you know, yeah, visibility um hmm. how am i gonna answer this without being controversial oh no please please we like <laughs> let's con- I, I think we've been prim and proper enough let's yeah. go into some controversy <laughs> <laughs> i don't want anybody coming from my head um <coughs> there's so much the current state of fashion in ghana or the fashion business in ghana there's a lot of talent yeah but then if you were to line up or to list the brands that you know, it will still be the same brands that you listed three yeah. years or five years ago. And I don't like that. I feel like there's there, there's a lot of young brands and they're not able to position themselves because once again, there's so many like you know missing gaps. So they've gone to school. They've gone to learn about the business of fashion a bit. They've gone to learn about the technical mm-hmm. side. They come out, they set up. They have friends in the industry who are photographers, fashion writers, models, and then they help them launch. And after they launch, what happens? Like, if you call and say, I want to place, I want to buy this, then it's, oh, we don't have it. We've mm. run out. We don't have mm. this. And one of the reasons is we, we don't even have enough stores, like concept stores yeah. or boutiques that are stocking local brands. Mm-hmm. That's one issue, one marketing issue. Then we don't have, and then even for the younger brands that are coming out, they don't understand the business of fashion. Mm. They don't understand it well enough to know, um, maybe I can do samples on my own. and Maybe yeah. I, can, I can find fa- a factory, a small factory, that can produce the pieces for me. But then again, if they produce the pieces, where are they going to sell it? You know, mm. there's only so much you can do on social media. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can have your page on social media. You can have a website. Now you can build your own website and then have a store. But there's so many missing gaps. And I feel like a lot of established brands are also gatekeepers. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. helping the young brands come out. And a lot of the and then there are stores that are stocking local and even African brands. Mm. But then if you realize in our society, a lot of things that we're doing, we do it based on family and friends. Yeah. So if I don't know you or I'm not related to you, yeah. we're not talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not building you up. If I have this information about a facility that you can even tap into, it could even be, if it's not even about money, it could even be just going for some sort of, you know, um, educational program. People gatekeep a lot. I told you this. And they don't share. So we, so sometimes we sit here and talk about 
and the government needs to do this, the government needs to do that. What should the government come and do for you? Mm. You could very well call an aspiring designer or brand owner and say, I like your style, I like where you're headed. Um, if you're open to it, I can, you know, guide you with this. I can sh- at least I can share my story and then you can pick the lessons. Mentorship. A lot of people are not doing that. Mm. They're keeping the information because we, we seem to think we can grow in isolation. Who told us we could do that? I don't know. Yeah, it's a cultural... Yeah. So there's that aspect. And then obviously, as a nation, um, back to that mentality, yeah. we're now taking, you know, garment, the garment business seriously. And even with that, we're focusing on, so with their factories. Yeah. People have big factories where they're producing for the Walmarts mm-hmm. and then the Nikes big, and the Nikes and, and they yeah. do it but nobody's focusing on how do we help the local brands so when you talked about textiles I mean I've reached out to textile companies and I'm like oh if I had my own design, design and I wanted to yeah. print and they would tell you the equipment to set up that they have to make a hundred thousand yards like yeah. like make it wow. make sense you know, so we don't have. There's no middle ground. So where until you, you can hit a hundred thousand or whatever, you, you they, or they'll say something as ridiculous as a thousand yards. Yeah. Of one style, one, one design that so, she wants. So let's say it was this, this particular color. A, te- a textile company would tell me ah, the minimum I can order is a thousand yards or a thousand meters. Yeah. As so a as a crazy. small brand in Ghana, Ghana, what are you going to do with a thousand? This you is just one colorway. Yeah. So, on a national level, there's that. Um, then I think those of us in the industry, the responsibility is also on us to break through some mental barriers that we've carried for so long, mm. where people pitch themselves up against each other, and it doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, like I said, this thing. Who who said you can grow in isolation? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep everything, and then it will just be me, and. If anybody should come from outside, it should just be me. But then it's hmm. just it's just you in a nation full of other people. At some point, they'll stop coming. Yeah. And they'll yeah. go elsewhere that's, that's where there's crazy. collaboration. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of collaboration. Because it, it's not just in fashion. It's, it's everywhere. In my field too. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. It's it's, 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 our, it's our culture. But why though? Is it is does it yeah. does, does, does it stem from how we were brought up, like school, like how? Like, can I I'm can, I, to, can I say something? Yeah. yeah. What I think about it, we we have a culture that puts people our our value intrinsically on perception. How if you go into town, if you say this person's name, they have to be the odd borough. <laughs> so they don't want to let anybody near that air that they are breathing. Mm-hmm. But I don't even want to get on the soapbox. What I'll say to what Alima is saying is it's so vital because. Think about it. When you say, you've heard the concept Italian shoe. Mm-hmm. We've said it since we were yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do we think it's that? Yeah. Gucci makes shoes. Mm-hmm. There's Ferragamo. There's all kinds of brands. But when somebody says Italian shoe, you perk up. You're like, oh, it must yeah, be a good shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good shoe. Yeah. That is what she's talking about. If you say Ghanaian brand, it should mean something. But if you isolate yourself where it's like, it's only Bello Edu doing well, mm-hmm. then the industry does not hold any weight no. because you're leaning on just one brand. Mm-hmm. If Ghana could be a place where people could say, look, they make the best bags or they make the best outfits or they make the best this and we collectively can lean on it. Now we have leverage. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But because we don't think about things like that, 
like she's saying, everybody wants to. I, Mutombo, I went up and down this town trying to find a place to make buttonholes. Buttonholes <coughs> for six months. Me. And everybody, I hadn't met her then. Everybody would tell me, oh, uh, let me uh, let me uh, give you that number. Yeah, told then me, told they would pick me. their phone, yeah. scroll, and then put the phone away. They didn't want to tell me. Yeah, It's crazy. So we have a bit of afraid for the next person to do better than us or, you know, we want to be at the top of the pile or whatever the mindset is, but it's crippling. Yeah. We're, we're hurting ourselves. Where where will I find Ali, Alima? Where? Yeah. What, what do you do, do for fun? Like, <laughs> where will I find you? Oh, dear. You'll probably find me in the studio. <laughs> if I'm not in the studio, yeah. you'll probably find me at my sister's house. Mm. Oh, I'm eating somewhere. Yeah, mm. I like food. You are a very interesting person, um, in the sense of how you've carried yourself. I've been observing. Mm. You're. I, I was doing some concern about you, <laughs> and I heard in in uni yeah. you were sort of like a, I don't want to say popular girl, but somebody that people were like attracted to. You were like people they like you, like boys they holler. Apparently so. Uh, <laughs> so, in in a way, I'm asking, you've. It doesn't seem to me that you've allowed that to get to your head where you carry yourself in that way. Is it? Did you make a shift at some point? Like, okay, I'm done with this, or have you always been even keeled? Um, I've always been like this. Even in uni, there were only two places you could find me. Okay. My hostel. And then business school. Okay. So when people say I was popular, maybe people knew of me, but then I, I've always kept a very small circle around me. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I wasn't even participating in whole week celebrations. Okay. I was, like I said, in my hostel, Pentagon, or business school. That's where you'd find so me. So where, where, did, where did that, like, just say, you say you find where people... Where in Ashadai? Shadai. Shadai. Okay. I missed out on that part. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Well, I don't... You know, sometimes even my best friend comes up with stories and sometimes I've, I've, I forget about some of the experiences. Mm. But I think as kids or when we're in uni, people, people fixate on something. Yeah. And especially when you're not, um, you're not too available, mm. people become more intrigued until, yeah. until you wear them out. Mm. And, and then they let you be. Okay. I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't like... You would find me in Volta, or you find me in this place, or you find me participating. No, I never did anything like that. So, and quite honestly, I didn't even realize people weren't used to my name. Mm. Like, Alima. yeah, I was going to ask you. Your name is distinct as well. It's very that. distinct. Alima. So, um, I think so. Sometimes it would draw people in. They would try to find out. And I wasn't. Um, I wasn't an extrovert in school, mm. so you wouldn't have me having like you know long conversations. Mm. What? Where's that. Alima from? What's the name from? It's, a, it's an Arabic name. So my grandfather okay. um, was a Muslim. Okay. And all my siblings, we all have... So aside our Yoruba names, we have Muslim names as well. Yeah. Okay. Do you, what does it mean? Alima. A powerful woman. Okay. Mm. So your, your dad was going for the kill. Powerful woman, a wealthy woman. Mm. So those two names, it wasn't from him. It was from his father. So their tradition, his father would name mm. us. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh. Do you have so any Ghanaian names? Yes. Okay. Alima. Abba. Abba. Mm. Tuesday or Thursday. 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 Yeah. Okay. 
I used to like Sam Abba. I've yeah. had a few <laughs> run-ins with <laughs> Sam Abba. It's Fancy women used to have a hold on me, but yeah. I really? think I, I've broken through that. Yeah. What kind of hold do you share? I was just, I don't know, very intrigued by Fancy women. They have a way. Yeah. What way? They, you know it. Stop no. it. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, they will just, you, I, they will, mm. they will consume you without consuming you. Like, oh. it's not where they are making an effort to. You were saying something I was actually smiling because you were like, I'm persistent. I'm not going to be in your face, but yeah. I'm going to have that conversation. That conversation yeah. is going to come. At the end of the day, we will have oh, that we'll conversation. Have <laughs> yeah, don't every, worry. You go, you go. Every <laughs> amazing fancy woman that I've been blessed to be with. Mm. Bro, it yeah. not be, but yeah, yeah, you have, yourself, you, you, you understand. You don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. You come yeah. home. So I guess maybe um, mothers yeah. and our grandmothers understood their power. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Shout out to all the abbas. Shout. I can't say your last name now. I don't mm. want to start any <laughs> Try. Yeah. Now it's it, it's it's on you. Do you have any questions for us? Um. There may be Fred first. Why? <laughs> we'll start with you. Yeah, start with you. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I was, I was yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> you used to hold the camera. Do you still shoot? A hundred percent. Am I love the camera? Wow, you remember? Yeah. Well, am I love the, the camera? Um, people like Talal, you know, inspired me, mm-hmm. you know, because um, JP, you know, they were about, you know, the special effects, you know, those days <laughs> I, would, I would go to, to their office and... They will be doing some skills and all that. I'm like, yeah, there's something that I wouldn't. So yeah, I've I've been holding the camera since 2012. Yeah, yeah and I and I and I still do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Over yeah. to Fred. I don't know if Joe it's to him. It. it could be any of okay. you. Um, what inspired this podcast? Fred. Fred. Yeah. Mm. Fred can sp- speak well, but better than. So me. he started it, yeah, or he, you started he, it? So uh, we've been asked this question quite yeah. a bit in the past week. So let me just. Give you the regurgitated version of it. Um, we both had the inspiration to do podcasts at different points. Mm. When I moved here, Mutombo had um, a thing going called uh, Department of Sound. Mm. And then he randomly called me one day, said he was coming to the house. He wanted to talk to me about some stuff because you know I'm a loud mouth. <laughs> and I always had an opinion. So he wanted to come over and interview. And at the time, I was trying to build my fashion brand. Mm-hmm. So he comes over and we had a conversation. And in between, he kind of shelved it and he went on a different like path. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to do recordings on YouTube and stuff. I just, I'm not a very technical person. And I tried to upload one video on YouTube and it took so long. I'm like, man, screw this shit. <laughs> like, you know, it was so, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm not doing this. So then I, I just kind of boxed it away. But then my thought process after a while was I don't want to be in a room by myself. I don't want to hear just my thoughts because mm-hmm. I can be very much in a vacuum. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm thinking my own thoughts and I'm thinking, okay. And I wanted opposing views, somebody who was going to push and pull and all kinds of things. And I wanted to grow mm-hmm. through my conversations. So Mutombo came up one day um, and said, look, I'm trying to build this podcast. And I not say he so rest in peace, was one of the guys that he was considering to produce the show. And he's like, um, I'm thinking you should be a co-host, blah, blah, blah. And it was a no-brainer for me. Like, mm. I, I didn't pause. I, I never said, mm, or ah. Mm. It was just like, okay, let's do it. Why, uh, did you, why did you want him? 
Um, Fred talks. <laughs> That's one. You know, Fred, not, not, not just talking about anything and talk, like just saying things, but he was passionate about so many mm. topics, mm. you know, and me, I'm not a talker at all. He I, says he's not. But am he I talk, but I'm not a talker. You, you are know. a talker. <laughs> you have an opinion yeah. about everything. <laughs> I think he likes to brand himself as a not talker, but yeah. he's a so, talker. So I'm like, nah, this should, should be Fred. You yeah. know, yeah, this should be. I was thinking about so many other people and I had conversations with so many other people, but I had the conversation with him first and mm-hmm. he was like, yes. <laughs> but after him I, I, I knew what it was him but after me I would talk to Charlie so a podcast and a co-host do you have anyone in mind and they would mention someone and I'll go like nah Fred <laughs> then I'll go to the next person because I was trying to find yeah. like who but yeah. no one you know it was it was him and, I, and I've known Fred since we were like 8, 7 yeah, you know yeah. Martin yeah, Martin oh, okay. yeah. 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 I keep saying this phrase it's one of the most enjoyable things I've done in my adult and now life. And, 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 and now star, he's a star because pe- people, 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 Can you imagine? Pe- people see, see him more, more than me. Well, they may be because I am all, all, already, already out, out there, there yeah. but, but Fred, you know, anytime we're walking, oh, Fred, yeah, you, you, oh, you wow. it's so funny. So you're a like, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I would never get used to that because it's so weird. Like I was in a grocery store one day and somebody came up to me and said, uh, yeah, Charlie, what's up? I'm like, okay, what are you looking for? <laughs> and he said, uh, Oh, Charlie, if more less vibe, I mean, I follow it. I'm like, oh, 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 thanks, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> and I just moved away, went about my business. So, I, oh, yeah, for yeah. me, I enjoy the the, the camaraderie, the yeah. rapport that, you know, and I think Musombo is a very interesting person. He is. He likes mm. to be modest about it. <laughs> I think intention, he knows he's intentionally, oh no, he's naturally modest. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know if he realizes how interesting he is as a human being. Mm. I like to learn and observe. The girl see it. The girl yeah, see it. Girl. Hey, hey. <laughs> yep. Yep. Man, it, it's been, it's been, it's been. It's oh, been. I wanted to ask Alima yeah. one last question before mm-hmm. we leave. Okay. I'm asking this for young people. Okay. Um, who aspire to be in the fashion business. I have a ton of respect for your brand. Yeah. The way that you have just in general branded it, positioned it. The thought that went into your space, your retail space. Mm-hmm. It, it's so and, clean. Yes. Yeah. Very clean. Like, Even yeah, very, very the, clean. The way that you're handed over your goods when you buy. This is four, oh, really? four years ago. The bag, the card, the tissue, all of that. Those were things that I was aspiring. I'm like, I got to do it this way. Yeah. So when I walked into your shop and you were doing it, all, I'm like, okay, this is somebody I can learn from. The question is, for a young person coming up, they see the glitz, the glamour. Is it? Well, is it profitable to do what you do? And would you encourage the twenty-year-old self mm-hmm. of your yourself to go in this career path? Mm. I would definitely encourage the twenty-year-old me to go into this career path, but I'll do it differently. Okay. Um, is it profitable in our hemisphere? No. Mm. Um, but then if money, if money was my motivation, I think I would have quit a long time ago. Okay. But money has never been my motivation. Um, when I say I'll do it differently, 
I'd rather have my fans that I put in because everything that you see is my life savings. Mm, like everything yeah. that I have is that business. I will take that money, <clears throat> knowing what I know now, go straight to Europe, Portugal, uh-huh. get a production company to produce, uh-huh. another marketing company uh-huh. to market my goods. Uh-huh. And then that's how I would tackle it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. it amazes how much we think I like. Like from a business That's standpoint. how I would tackle it. Yeah. But then um, I find myself where in a position where I am very proud of what I've done. I'm very proud of the journey, the steps. We're, we're nowhere near um, where we want to be. But then I still have this intrinsic um, need to have this brand come out of Ghana and let it be, you know, this was made in Ghana. Mm. This was created in Ghana. Mm work with local artisans i still have that then yeah. i have the business side thinking yeah but if you want to do that then you are never going to grow the brand yeah. into yeah. into what you want it's it painstaking work yes it is yeah. it is yeah. and if money is the motivation you are going to suffer so, so to she's basically telling you find a side hustle in addition <laughs> um well i i think when you're passionate about something money is never the motivation mm-hmm. so you just have to be true to yourself is money the motivation? If money is the motivation, then, then find a different way of doing it. Yeah. But then if you're passionate about it and you're passionate about it coming from where you're from and you are, quote unquote, want to give back by having, you know, local artisans to work with you, then by all means, go ahead and do it. But if money is your motivation, do it differently. Dope. Mm. Oh. Charlie. Yeah. Fred. Sir. Alima Bello in the house. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Bello Edu in the house. You already know. Charlie, I mean, I am I never ever thought that I would sit down one day with you and have a civil conversation. You know, we have never we we have spoken, but we have never spoken. Hey, what's up? Yeah, then I then I go my way. Oh, you seem to know very much a lot about her for somebody who's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You know, um, I'm a fan, so <laughs> and I didn't even know as much as I thought I did. So yeah, I learned quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've learned like your father, especially. You know, yeah. I, I, I see, I see him. He's such a dignified yeah, man. Yeah. Can we ha- yeah. have him one, one, yeah, one yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it can be an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. I know. It will be a whole day. Yeah. It will be I a know whole because day. I'm sure he's endowed with stories. You know. Oh my God, my yeah. father. Yeah, yeah. My father has stories for yeah. days. His upbringing. I always say I would love to actually document. Mm his story because mm. you his, should his, please talk to him his for us. story is amazing but we, seriously you should yes i want time to. is of the essence i know but please talk to him for us tell him about the podcast yeah. once it would be good to have an og like that yeah, in our midst. yeah, yeah actually yeah. is something we should do yeah because yeah, yeah. first season we tackled fatherhood and yeah, all that yeah. but let's get a perspective but from yes, yes you know yeah, yeah. oh my god he yeah. will talk your ears <laughs> you have fun you yeah, have fun we'll yeah, have some gin Oh yeah, 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 yeah. drink oh. of choice. Yeah, yeah. it could yeah. be. He has yeah. stories. Please, bo- we are not joking. Yeah. So book him. Oh, you okay. come. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Chai, nice Alima, we thank you for coming through the podcast, the If More Let's Divide podcast. What, what, what's your what's your um, um your uh, IG IG your Alima Bello. Alima Bello, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Charlie, you guys, I follow Bello Edu as well. Yeah, yeah. one of the you dopest brands should. around. Yeah, Charlie. Thank you. Yeah. I like your store. Oh, thank like, you. Come like and visit I, again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like your story. If you be thank woman, you. we are open. If yeah, I have one for yeah, you. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, thank you for coming through the podcast, Fred. Yes, sir. 
We are through.